Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love Podcast. My name is Meredith, and I will be your humble host. Serving Love is an exploration around some of the paths to show up and live as love and to be of service to something greater than ourselves. We will dive deep into topics such as sacred sex, God, goddess, spirituality, and an array of modalities in the world of personal growth. I feel so honored to have the privilege to share with you here. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love podcast. Today, we have a very special guest and a dear old friend, Ruan Mipagala. <laughs> Hi. Hey, good to see you. Oh, I'm so happy to see your face and just to get this time to connect with you. It's It's been a while, and mm-hmm. so I'm just excited to to connect and see where the fuck this goes because nobody knows. <laughs> awesome. Uh, how are you? I'm great. Actually, where are you right now? I'm in California. Okay, cool. For now. For now. <laughs> right. That's always, that's always the... The end of the sentence, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about it today, like when we met. It's been maybe like over ten years now that that I so I was yeah. like maybe twenty two and met Whoa. you. Yeah, no, I'm thirty four. I'm like, holy shit, time goes so fast. And yeah, crazy. Just seen you know each other through so many iterations, and we don't talk all the time. But you know, I see what you're up to, and so yeah. And but we met through one taste. I think mm-hmm. it was like at the orgasm mastery program, probably something yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, whatever we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're in the news a lot these days. We don't have to get into that, but you know, that's a thing. I don't want to harp on it too much, but I'm sure our conversation will go there today because, mm-hmm. you know, so much happening there. And I do, I am kind of curious, like your thoughts on, you know, what's going on right now in the news that just came out, but you know, I don't want that. Cause I know that's not what all you're about. You've got so yeah. much more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that there's legal action. Cause I did speak to the FBI mm-hmm. in 2018 when a lot of this started and I really was like, I mean, I even told them like, all right, there's, there's obviously a lot of gray area, but like, it's not the same as these other things you see in the news. Exactly. Not to say that anyone's in the wrong and my personal opinion. Well, I'll get into that later maybe, but um, yeah, I mean, I feel bad. I be, I feel partly bad and far, partly not, I guess is the. Uh... <laughs> you know, no, that's so like accurate because I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm so grateful. I mean, look at, I mean, I look at my life and how much good has come from it. Like, mm-hmm. care about my friend. I think about most of my friend group and all the things that I've done really came from that place. Mm-hmm. And just like even, you know, meeting you, they, you introduced me to Om Rupani. And oh, yeah. He's been a teacher and a very dear friend. And now I'm teaching kink. And now I'm like, you know, I'm just like, think about all the threads that came from that place. And I feel so deeply grateful. And then I also feel a little pissed off, <laughs> you know, like all yeah. the time. Well, I'm not pissed off. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I really feel, well, actually, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into it, but. I feel bad for certain individuals who are, are getting some heat that I feel like their only crime was being too loyal. Mm-hmm. And that I but I don't feel so bad for 
what's at the top, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, aside from that, I'm super excited today. Felt like a really special day because I got to meet your gorgeous, magical, incredible wife, um, recording both of these in the same day. And mm-hmm. she's just amazing and feels like really special to get to meet her and then talk to you today. Although this, this won't air until after hers does, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm just like, so curious about your journey getting into this yeah. beautiful, sacred, like soulmate partnership. It's so epic. And yeah, first of all, I just want to say, I'm so happy for you because I remember there was a time we were sitting at lunch out in New York city. And you're like, I want to be a father and I don't know mm-hmm. how it's going to look, but I will be a dad, you know, yeah. <laughs> and now you're married and you have this beautiful baby and an amazing yeah. Life. And yeah, I'm just, I'm curious, you know? Yeah. I might've already have met her uh, when we had that conversation. Uh-huh. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, I don't remember if we were hanging out at this time, but like uh, when I was 28, this is 2016, well, I don't know. I'll go with the whole story. Like I got someone pregnant by accident. She didn't keep it. And it totally like wrecked me emotionally. Mm-hmm. I was like really affected. And I, we have another mutual friend in you and I from one taste and who is in Peru. She was like, Hey, come to Peru and do things, do plant medicine, whatever. I was like, all right, whatever. So I, I got on a plane. Um, and then I met Nalaya through her in passing. Mm-hmm. Like we literally had one interaction. We hugged once. I thought she was really awesome. And I was just telling someone else this recently, like at that time in my life, I was dating a lot and we exchanged Instagrams, but for some reason I couldn't bring myself to flirt with her. Like there's just something, it's just like, I just couldn't, I didn't, I didn't, or, or the way that I knew how to flirt with women, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it with her. It was it's like, not going to work with her. <laughs> yeah. It was like, she was like, at the time I was like, she seems like too worthy of respect with the way that I'm used to flirting. I think also in retrospect, she had decided a couple of years before, like she wasn't going to fuck around anymore. And I think maybe something in me picked up on that. It's like, there's like, there's no, nothing for me to hook into. So we just, we just had a really platonic bit of communication over Instagram. And then I don't know, she might have told her version of the story to you already. Well, but I love what you just said, because we literally were just talking about that exact phrase. I don't want to fuck around anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love that you said the same. Well, I guess I'm probably getting it from her because obviously we have talked about it. But yeah, it's just like, um, yeah, there was, I mean, I just couldn't flirt with her. I thought she was beautiful. I thought I was, I thought she was really cool, but I didn't even know how to talk to her, to be honest. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during the pandemic, Oh, actually, yeah, I've been thinking about this, too, because there was a there was a phase like, you know, around when I was 30 or so where I still wanted to date around, but I also wanted to meet the mother of my kids. And honestly, I ended up in some weird relationships, I think, because I was trying to do two things at once that are not the same thing. So I, I was like, you know, I was meeting women through just wanting to sleep around. And then I was ending up in relationships just because they wanted a relationship. And, but those are almost like two different ways of t- like interacting with people. And I ended up in like some of the weirdest relationships of my life in that time. Cause I, I basically hadn't decided which one I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic, I decided to be celibate for six months. Cause I felt like, all right, something weird is going on in my relationships. I need a reset. And then I saw she had an Instagram post about celibacy. So I was like, oh, come on my podcast, talk about celibacy. 
And then she offered to coach me on my my woman dramas, and then we ended Rob, up falling in love. Talking about this, this is cracking. Oh, me. really? You guys okay, are well, so I... connected. No, 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 keep going. This is amazing. This is like blowing my mind. Yeah. Just to feel you two being so connected on this. So go on. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's the same story. <laughs> no, but I angles. love it. I freaking want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, and then uh, yeah, we in the middle of lockdown, she was in Peru, I was in Thailand. We decided to get together. And I'm sure she shared this, but like it took her two months to get into Thailand because she had to stop in Europe and wait like day to day when the borders would open. And then she had to go in quarantine. And uh, yeah, and then we've been together ever since. Okay, so I want to hear this from a man and especially you because I love you. What was like the feeling like when you were like, this is my woman, like you were ready to claim this woman, you know, what was that like? Mm And like, was there like a click or was there a, like a moment or, you know, I'm just curious what that, what that's like for a man. Hmm. That's a good question. I have to think about it because there's probably many little moments. I guess the first thing, so she was coaching me on relationships, <laughs> which is fun, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. And she gave me, I forget, she gave me some, I mean, she's a lot more spiritual than me. She gave me some assignment to do. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember having like kind of this vision, like, or it might've been a dream. Somehow I had this vision of like, it was her. I just had this vision of like, I was holding her and like, I was afraid to lose her, which is not something I feel often or I felt often in relationships. And so I shared her. I, I mean, I just I felt very vulnerable to share with her on a coaching call because she's coaching me. Right. And I just shared this. And then she kind of got like, like a little flustered (laughs) and it was kind of awkward for like 20 minutes. (laughs) And then she basically said, okay, well, I feel similarly. And that's kind of a broke the ice, which was really cute. And what I think was really important for me, at least given my patterns with women was the fact that it was over, we were in a situation where, where, you know, sex wasn't possible if we were Mm -hmm. in different locations. So it forced a connection on a, on a different plane that maybe I, you know, didn't emphasize in the past. Oh, so good. Yeah. And, and so what do you feel like that is like the, the leaving, I'm curious to hear what it was like for you, like not having even access to having sex. Like what, what, what did you, what happened? Because you didn't have that option. Like what was the deepening? Like, was it? Well, in like concrete terms, we voice noted a lot. Mm -hmm. And since we were 12 hours off, it was usually like two voice notes a day, like, or like two sets because like she'd be asleep when I was awake and vice versa. Um, so it was kind of like my morning ritual to listen and respond to her voice notes. So it kind of felt like, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. And then over time, you know, over this like daily exchange, we got to know each other. Our values are really aligned. Um, and I will say like, it felt like she... I don't know if she probably didn't talk about this or I don't know. This this feels awkward to share, but like, you know, she said something like, I expected you to be a lot more flirty, like, like, like sexual flirty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I usually am, but I, I don't know how to do that here. It's like, even, even in this exchange, I felt like it was a kind of a different plane of connection. Um, so I guess I was being awkward, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I basically decided, okay, she's moving across the world everything seems to be right unless something is really weird in our physical chemistry like this is it mm-hmm. and you know yeah the first time we we connected was in a, a, a hotel room in Bangkok and it was amazing 
and it was just like all right well as yeah, this, this is it i guess <laughs> you know? oh my gosh amazing and now you have this beautiful baby like what is yeah. that like i know you were so looking forward to fatherhood so tell me what it's been like yeah uh yeah i mean it, it's it's challenging and rewarding i think as a man especially i've been telling this to other guys like it's not different in terms of what is asked for you as far as like being a good lover, being a good partner. It's like, it's the same traits, like basically across the board, everything is just harder. So it's like, you're doing the same exercise, but there's more weight on the bar kind of thing. Like I have to be more patient. I'd be more responsible, more decisive, things like that, which are things that all men want to be anyway, but like now there are stakes. Mm -hmm. Like if I, if I, and even things like, um, like emotional security, like I thought, I was so secure as a person, but then like when there's a crying baby and a hormonal wife and things like that, I'm like, okay, I actually have a lot of room to grow. Uh And I thought about this on a more spiritual lens really recently, like every moment she's absorbing both of us, right? The baby's absorbing us. And it's like, if I have a, a fate, like a moment of insecurity or I'm getting butthurt about something stupid or flustered about something stupid, like in my own single life, like, okay, that's unpleasant, but there's nothing, whatever. Uh-huh. I just move on. But this is affecting her. Like if I'm getting worked up about something that I shouldn't, like it, there's actually, this is actually affecting a very absorbent psyche. Uh-huh. So it kind of, it's kind of like a, it kind of forces me to, be better basically or more attentive with how I'm being which is how I want to be anyway like I want to be patient I want to be chill but I don't I'm not always like that you know left to my left to myself Mm -hmm. beautiful oh my gosh well that's amazing I'm so excited for you and she's gorgeous and your family is just I mean beautiful I everybody should see a picture of the three of you together it's so sweet Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah so tell us what you're up to now I'm curious like what's the work you know, that you're putting out there in the world. I know you have a podcast and I feel like you always have amazing programs and things you're up to. And so I'm curious for you to dive into and tell us. Yeah. I mean, my main program now, which I'm actually revamping, um, is called the masculine archetype challenge. I have some other stuff from the past. It's like a little more sexual related, but actually since becoming a father, I don't really want to do sex education. I don't know if it's just the thought of like, my kid being old enough to Google me. I don't know if it's that or if I'm just in a different phase of life, you know, mm-hmm. like there was a time where like, yeah, everything online was like about something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, I got really into Carl Jung a couple of years ago, like obsessively. And it's kind of based on that kind of stuff and revamping it now because I, I want it to be less digital so um, we're making it into like a journal that people get and they can do it by hand and everything will be like in physical form um that's like my main thing you know i'm teaching a a program with nalaya on couple uh, on relationship in in new york in a month or so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, podcasting figuring things out (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I'm curious like what is it that you two will teach together like do you um resonate with polarity and like what's your take on that and I'm curious about you know how you approach this yeah so all right and this is ties into I guess uh your and mine uh like our education in this space because like in one taste and I learned so much in one taste. In one taste, I specifically got in touch with my feminine side, so to speak. And there's a lot of like, really important things from there. 
But then I, I got more into Omrapani's stuff and like recognizing like probably my biggest areas of growth since leaving One Taste were learning like kind of more archetypally masculine things, especially taboo stuff when it comes to dominance and control and things that for me as like kind of a shy liberal guy, these were kind of like scary topics or things I, I was, and even in One Taste where, One Taste was the first place where I was told by very dominant women, you need to learn how to dominate women. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought it's all about being sensitive and listening to the stroke and listen, following the pussies. Like, no, no, no. All the women in this house are crazy because you won't top them. I'm like, oh, like, uh, handle us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? um, but ironically, it's like one taste taught that. But in some ways, and this is my opinion, there there was a way of like that you can only be a man in a certain framework. Like you had to fit in in kind of like a, it's like kind of a topping from the bottom, which actually my story. I was going to say that. Yeah. Literally just a very much felt like topping from the yeah. bottom. I mean, literally a woman was telling me, you need to dominate these women. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Like, like there's something <laughs> yeah. kind of very ironic about that. Um, anyway, so like Ohm was like a big, huge influence. And then I did explore other things, but you know, he was probably the first teacher in the space that really made sense to me or the way I think. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I have, you know, gone into more like traditional views, like whether it's polarity, the way David Data or certain tantric people speak about it. But actually, I've, I've had other views and I've gotten involved in the red pill world, even though they're controversial and whatnot. But now having made a child and been with a woman through her pregnancy and all that stuff, I think it's kind of undeniable that all of our sexual instincts, love, lust, desire, pleasure, Come from making babies, obviously, like, you know, everyone knows that that's where it evolves from. You can choose to do whatever you want with it. But if you're going to have children, this is why it's important. Because when a woman's hormonal, when a woman's pregnant, she has to go into her feminine, like she cannot do anything else. Like women have issues in pregnancy if they're not in their feminine. Yeah. But if a woman's going to go really into her feminine, which is so important for the creation of life, a man has to be masculine, which mm-hmm. is kind of parallel with a lot of traditional values of being you have to be dominant you have to be making the decisions you have to be taking care of time and space so that your woman can focus on her feelings and be a mother Mm -hmm. um so you know i guess some people don't like it because maybe it's you know it goes against certain like liberal values or whatever but i do think i see the the value of traditional gender roles more than ever for Mm -hmm. practical purposes and, uh, you know, and a lot of the tantric polarity stuff seems less abstract now. It's like, it's not just about a woman wearing a feather boa and, and like being swaying with her hips. It's like, mm-hmm. oh no, swaying hips matters because that opens you up to make babies. Like that's, it's all about making babies. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready to make more babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true. And I, I so resonate with that because I, I mean, I really see people fighting it. And then not getting what they want and wondering why they're not mm-hmm. getting what they want. <laughs> and But it really is this like primal thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think when we deny that, we have problems, you know? It's like, it is a primal thing for a woman when she's pregnant to to like want to go there and not even want to, but like have to go there. Like yeah. you're opening, you know, you're so sensitive, you're, you know, and and to like need that protection and that that provision from your partner while you're going through this extremely vulnerable time. Yeah. Yeah. And um oh shit. I had two things I want to say and they disappeared. Anyway. 
So anyways, you're talking about how you're teaching this because I'm curious about your flavor of, you know, teaching about like polarity. Oh yeah. I remember I was going to say, yeah. Cause all right. I'll get to what you just said. It's that, um, you know, I think something that has gotten really skewed in our culture and why a lot of men and women, and I think specifically women, I think actually I feel for women, I think it's actually way harder for women because society is set up so that everyone must have their own perimeter. Everyone has to make their own money. Everyone has to like make their own decisions to be independent, isolated. And actually a human being in 2023 can't survive otherwise. Right. Uh And then it gets celebrated, which is actually, it's not bad in itself. It's celebrated when a woman makes her own money as an independent person. And that's great if you're just looking at dollars, but when it comes to relationship and it comes to family, that's not how we're supposed to be. Like we're, I mean, obviously we're supposed to be in, in small tribes, but one shade away from that is that we all want to be pair bonded in a family, you know, at least we're driven to make babies, you know? So like, um, you know, I think it's particularly difficult for women to be rewarded by society, essentially to be masculine. Mm -hmm. Cause if you're, if you're not, if you're not hard in some way, you get taken advantage of or you're poor, but then, but then to, to have a happy relationship with the kind of man that you want, the kind of man that wants to protect and provide and provision and all that stuff if you're like that, there's no room for him. And it's, uh, it's too bad. So anyway, to answer your question now, my take on it is like, when you're really pair bonding with someone, and I guess this may be more applicable to heterosexuals, but I think it's true on, on some level for everyone, like you're becoming one unit, right? It's like when we're, when we're single and independent, you have to be your own perimeter and your own interior. You have to be your own masculine and feminine. But when you're getting together, it's like, one person can take care of one thing and the other person can take the other thing. And if you decide to have children, that means the person with ovaries makes babies and the person who doesn't makes, takes care of all the other things that have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that's, <laughs> that's my view. And, and the, you know, again, it's making me appreciate traditional roles that I always thought were silly for a long time, that there is a real reason. And maybe we've forgotten, we for, have forgotten why it's important. And maybe women have been oppressed because, it's uh we've so far disconnected from nature Uh but there was a natural root to all of this and there Mm -hmm. is depending on how you choose to live Uh yeah thank you for that and um I'm, i'm like loving that i'm having these conversations today in particular because i've been feeling that in my own being recently i'm like you know i have to be very alpha, like I run a company, mm-hmm. I'm building a business, I'm in school, you know, I've got a mm-hmm. lot of shit to handle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am in touch with my, my feminine parts and they're like, please, like, I just need to fucking relax. And like, mm-hmm. I need space. And like, I can feel that yearning and that like longing to be like cared for and provided for in that way. And then the world teaches us that like, that's not okay to want that, you know, yeah. especially as a woman in this world. So it feels very, um, like Chinese finger trap, you know, yeah. like I can feel it in my body. That's like just begging for that spaciousness, but it feels like in this, this world where we have to keep up with that, like sometimes there's just no space. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, and I really feel for women, especially now having a daughter, I've been thinking like the world is probably going to be more like this when she's of age, like, I don't even know what I would advise her. I've been working on this podcast episode advice to my daughter on about men. And I'm still, there's, there's all of these question marks because like, I know if she, if she wanted to like put all of her eggs in finding an awesome man who will take care of her and she wants to be a mother, she can do that. 
But if she fails, she's screwed. Yeah. Right. Like, like, but then if she really takes care of her security, it's going to take away. There's no way they're to- two totally different games. Like it's always going to be challenging. And if she becomes particularly successful, unfortunately, the truth is it might even be harder to meet a, a man. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, you know, if she makes, if she like, I feel that like for women who are super wealthy or super in charge and just have a super alpha life, it's actually even harder to connect with a man because you're so deep in your masculine. So I don't know. I don't know. I think I really feel for the plight of women today. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a dick. It's crazy because just feeling that desire to soften, but feeling like it's unsafe, you know, if you Mm -hmm. don't have, you don't have that, that person there to support you in that. So Oh gosh, what do we do? We don't know. We teach these things, you know, we hope that it spreads. So that's awesome. I love that you're teaching that. That's super exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, but the thing is, all right. So it within relationship too, it is difficult. Cause like, so, so my wife, this is like a thing that was kind of a challenge in the beginning. Ideologically, we were super aligned. Mm -hmm. Like she was like all about like, yeah, I want to be in my feminine, everything. Right. But in practice, she had been an independent, successful entrepreneur for over a decade. So even though she wanted me to take the lead, it it was like, it was like hard. It was like, it was going against her, like it was going against her conditioning, let's say. And, and, you know, basically, I mean, all of our challenges early on was basically that, like we both wanted the same thing, but she was so well-trained in the opposite to be that which led her to be successful and cared for and, and truly not needing a man, but now she wanted to need a man. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that switch was also different. I mean, she could probably speak. I don't know if, she, if you guys spoke about that kind of thing, but like, yeah, I could see it in her. It was difficult. It's like you're switching characters almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such an unwinding that comes with that. It's like, you feel the desire and like, Oh my God, what do I, what do I do? You know, it's like kind mm-hmm. of scary to let go of those parts. Yeah. I'm curious what you teach men around like, like stepping into that, that role mm-hmm. as like protector provider, like the masculine, like, what do you, like, what is it that you teach and and how do you go about teaching that? Because I, mm-hmm. you know, it's so interesting feeling like, yeah, we live in this world where like women are taught to be so masculine, but there's so many men that are so in their feminine. Yeah. You know, um, Obviously, I've I've spent more time thinking about the the male experience and and men's challenges. And you know, I think especially if you grew grow up in a liberal environment, there's a lot of this. And I mean, I'm talking about politically liberal. There's a lot of cultural reinforcement of men and women being the same. And you know, even little things like don't ever mansplain things like like things things that like people attack mm-hmm. toxic masculinity. However, I, I will say, like, I do think it's it is simpler for men because everything's the same. Like if you want to be successful uh, as a bachelor, it's the same things, you know, it's being confident, being grounded, being emotionally secure, being decisive. Like it's the same exact traits. If you want to attract a woman, you want to attract a feminine woman, it's the same exact thing. Um, So it is a lot simpler. And what's great is that I can tell a guy who's 21, who's had maybe not a lot of experience in the world or with women basically train him to be the same way. And like I said, like if he becomes a, a boyfriend, a husband, a father, it's the same exact traits, just things get harder. You're just adding weight to the bar. And, you know, like in my, in my archetype challenge, one of the first things this is actually something I, I first picked up in one taste. It's like the importance of being grounded, 
right? Like, all about like being a good stroker first was about being grounded. Like if you're up in, if, if you're, if your butthole is tight or if you're up in your head or if you're like, <laughs> if you're nervous, if you're looking for approval, there is no way you're stroking the pussy, right? Like it's impossible. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that thing, which is the same thing that, you know, meditators strive for or in Tai Chi or any, any of the, anything mindful, that's it. Right. In, in, in martial arts and combat and boxing and jujitsu, it's all the same thing, like being in your body, right. Not being in your head, not being tight in the butt, you know, like all of these things are important. And then there's other things that I think are important as far as like discovering your creativity Mm -hmm. and your intuition and being introspective. This is where the Jungian stuff I -hmm. get really nerdy on. Um, And I guess it kind of touches on my, my take on spirituality too. And then like the third piece in that archetype challenge is the importance of winning. And testosterone spikes when you win. That's why it feels good. And like, it's important for men to win. And I think that's one thing that is kind of culturally shamed in some, you know, at least in some areas, especially with a shame masculinity, like men have to win. Men have to fight. Men have to win. It's important. You're not going to be, no matter how much you meditate, you're not going to feel confident to lead a family or take care of a woman if you don't feel like a winner. And that's basically it. That's basically it. That's what I focus on. Those three things. (laughs) That's it. You know, and I love what you say about winning. And this is something that, that I've learned in different Mm -hmm. modalities is like how to let your man win. You know, we're so used to like, like beating our men down if they don't do exactly, you know, everything we want, Mm -hmm. how we want them to do it. And then they don't get that opportunity to win, but then we also don't give them the opportunity to show up in this beautiful masculine way. So I'm curious how, like how you, you know, teach that or how you approach that, because I think that's something that women really need to learn too, mm-hmm. is like, let your man win. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like one way to look at it, cause I think, all right, given our like emphasis on independence and, you know, being hard and, and self-sufficient, there's kind of this embedded transactional view of relating like, oh, uh, the man can't win because then the woman loses, but relationship is not. Mm. it's not, it's not a zero sum game. In, in fact, a better way to look at it in many cases, is like the woman's, the woman is the game setter in some, and this is maybe, maybe not in all cases, but one way to look at it, I'm thinking of like an emotional woman, a guy trying to do it right. The, the woman is the game. She's not a player in the game. The guy is the game, mm-hmm. the man you, and you want your man to win because then you both win. Mm-hmm. Right. And how her feelings are, largely determines whether he can win one of the best things that i think we learned in one taste was the the idea of getting off mm-hmm. like you know in, in an ohm a guy could be an expert stroker or actually the way i, I used to when i did ohm trainings the way i explained it is like uh, as a man you're trying to be a marksman you're trying to like find the perfect shot like super like to like the zero point zero 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 one <laughs> like you're trying to be that that precise with your shot but as a woman, you're trying to be a really big target. Like you're trying to make your target so big so that even <laughs> if he's like blind, he'll end up on the bullseye. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's like, if you take this approach, one person can have a bad day. And this, this applies to sex. This applies to just relating. Like one person could be off, right? The guy could have, something could have happened and he, could, he might not be tuned in. But if she's really getting off, they're still in resonance, right? Or the opposite, like she's really closed down because something like her target is really small, but like he's in a good place. So he's like, he's hitting the target, even though it's like a really tiny, you know, tiny dot, you know? And like that kind of perspective, I think is a lot healthier. And, but the other thing also from one taste is uh, with getting off, a woman can guide a man to the right spot Mm -hmm. through approval. 
right? right? When a woman is disapproving or making it like you better, you better read my mind perfectly. Otherwise I'm going to have a tantrum. Well, not only does that demotivate him to get it right. It also, it also cuts off his intuition. It's like, well, I don't, there's no feedback anymore. Where it's like when she's getting off, like, she's just like, it's going to be taken to like a spiritual law of attraction level where it's like, she's feeling grateful for what she wants him to do. He's way more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like even a guy who's not particularly intuitive, like if like, if something feels so good to you, like you've decided to like, like be grateful for something, it'll kind of just inspire him to, to buy the roses or say the nice thing or give you the touch that you want because you're getting off so hard. It's like, you can't help it because it'll feel good to give to you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think it's like a superpower. A lot of women don't realize they have, mm-hmm. which you don't have to control but you can get off, you can be soft and the man will want to do the thing for you. Like he'll want to do it. Like you won't have to trick him. You won't have to ask him in a lot of cases, like he'll want to do it because he'll be so excited. If he'll get turned on by whatever. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. And it's interesting as a woman too, and, and, and watching women do this is like, we, we are like want to badger men to get to do these things. And it's the exact opposite. Like, I, I don't know where this started. <laughs> We're like, we both, it's like a, if I win, you lose culture, but it's really sad because we just miss so much goodness because we're so focused on like, well, I have to win. Or if I let him win, then that means X, Y, Z. Like it means um, I'm weak or it means, you know, like I need him. What if I showed him I need him? Oh, my God. You know, like there's all of these things and we're missing out on all of like the, these gold, you know, nuggets. And yeah, I'm curious what you say to women like talk about like expanding your target to be much bigger because we do like to keep them very small and make it very hard to win for whatever reason so what would be your teaching your or your advice to women and like expanding that like how do we find that i think one thing is having faith that he'll find it right like if if you're doubting him that's like, that's the most demotivating thing for a guy is like to feel like his woman or any woman doesn't see him as competent, doesn't see him as a hero. Mm -hmm. Like not only will he become demotivated, but he'll actually, he'll become less competent. Like a woman can affect a man so much just with how she views him. Whereas if like, all right, maybe he's not exactly how you want him to be in various areas, but if you really, again, really get off, really trust that he'll find it. And give him a chance to fail. I think the other piece of it is like giving him a chance to fail mm-hmm. because some guys truthfully won't, won't meet your standards. You know, that's just, that's just how that's the reality of nature, but you have to give him a chance because mm-hmm. if you don't give him a chance, you're never going to be happy and he's never going to step into his greatness. He might not step into his greatness anyway, and he might fail and then it'll become obvious. Okay. This is not the man for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another dynamic I see often, which is kind of the reverse of emasculating men or berating them or badgering them, which is mothering them. Mm, which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you love a guy, mm-hmm. he has potential, but you're afraid he's going to disappoint you if you give him a real chance. So you protect him from reality, essentially. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, and that's where you have the mother-son dynamic. Like the boy never feels like a the boy. Then the man never feels like a man. <laughs> he does turn into a boy when we do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the woman is like, okay. I mean, she feel. I mean, I think a lot of women do this because they feel safe this way too, right? Like she's safe from being disappointed by him. She's also safe from being left maybe in such a dynamic. Like he becomes dependent on her. But one of the interesting things is that a lot of things come back to sexuality and the mother son dynamic, even though it can be comfortable and lead to codependent no love there. <laughs> yeah, and it's not fulfilling. And this is another thing that was really interesting when I was working with Omar Pani and like, you know, uh, in his workshops, there's kind of like a trope of a couple that would come in in every workshop. There's a couple couples who had been together for a long time. They were ideologically feminist. Like he was super supportive of her power as a woman and she was a go-getter or whatever. And they didn't have sex. And then maybe they had been married for 10 years. Like maybe they're in their forties or their fifties. And the guy was like, I did everything you said was right essentially. And then how come you're saying I need to be dominant now? And I feel for them because I'm like, I, I know I grew up with a certain model of being a nice guy for my adolescence and maybe part of my early twenties. And it was a shock for me. Like even in one taste, like I said, like, you're like, wait, you women want to be dominated now. Like I thought, I thought you wanted me to feel your feelings or some shit, you know? And then, uh, but I, I feel for guys who are like 55, they're married, they have kids and their wife doesn't want to sleep with them or their wife cheated on them, which is mm. a thing that happens a lot in this dynamic where it's like, he feels like he's been tricked. Like he got, the information to be one way to be feminine, let's say. And that's not what her body wants. Even she thought that's what she wanted. It's not what her body wants. Her body wants a man. Uh And there was a phase uh, when I was in, I was briefly listed on psychology today as like a relationship counselor. It was kind of ridiculous. Now I look back at it because I was 24 and my, my degree was with one taste. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I did good work too, but anyway, I you do because, amazing work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I've grown up a lot since then, but um, <laughs> I guess because I had, because of my credentials or whatever, the only people who reached out to me in my listing were women who are cheating on their husband who wanted relationship advice with the guy they were cheating with, not with their husband. Right. And it was like, it was like, I was like shocked, like, like, like what? And these were like normal women. They weren't like, they were, they were women like you would meet successful women. It's just a woman you would meet anywhere in New York city. Like this seems like a normal person. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe how many women were having ongoing affairs on their husband and they had children, like everything. And the guy was completely clueless, but every time it was this dynamic, it was a sexless marriage because their polarity was reversed mm-hmm. and she might be sleeping with some, some like bus boy at a restaurant who like knew how to handle her basically. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that you attracted that specific, like what a, like very particular. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think such a woman, I'm just assuming would be kind of embarrassed to go to like a, you know, a credentialed. So like I was maybe a last resort. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was someone who wouldn't judge them. Like you don't have to be ashamed. Yeah. In front of, yeah. I could feel that with your photo. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, you're just talking about that. It just has me reflect on like those days of like how we were all just like living in the wild west and like uh-huh. totally like, oh my God, so young. I'm remembering you at that point, you mm-hmm. know? Just yeah, like- long hair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I wore Chuck Taylors every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But wow, what an exploratory time. So amazing. So grateful yeah. for that. 
amazing. So I, yeah, the first, something comes to mind. I'm like, well, you know, you talk about like a, like men wanting these feminine beings, like wanting to attract that, like what would be like, would be like steps one and two, like how would you, like, how would a man attract a very feminine woman? Well, I I do strongly believe that, you know, our behavior complements the people that we're close to or the people who the behavior that we get from people is a compliment of what we put out. So like, of course, if you act in an effeminate way, not only will you attract masculine women, but you'll attract the masculine side of women. Mm-hmm. Like, like people are very malleable and responsive to other people. Like if you're, if you're dating a guy, because she, whatever, everything, the chemistry is great. You think he's hot, everything, but then he starts acting like a boy, unless you're very conscious you might just automatically act like his mother, even though you don't want to. It's like, it's like we react. So um, one, it's to, I mean, is to be conscious of your behavior so that you're not reacting, especially, you know, I ended up dating a lot of feminists because that that's just how a lot of women are in New York city. And I, I know I've been drawn to confident, confident women. It's been like, it's something I had to really learn of like, well, this doesn't mean I need to go become a feminine because I'm with a, a masculine individual. In fact, that's the, what nobody wants. And it's a challenge, but independent of like individuals, it's really like developing those masculine virtues that I, that I mentioned, because women will kind of, not only will those kinds of women be drawn to you, but it'll bring out the femininity of women. And I'll even say in my relationship, in, as I spoke, like we were ideologically aligned but I did kind of have to wrestle with her masculine side because there was a part of her that didn't want to let go of control. And like, you know, it, it had built up for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. These are my walls. This is my perimeter. I make my own decisions kind of thing. And I had to kind of like out masculine her masculine side. I had to like dominate her masculine side. And I think, you know, yeah, this kind of extends to any stage of a relationship too. Can you speak to that? What was that like? Like, well, first of all, you have the, you have the knowledge and the wherewithal to know how to do that, but what are some signs for men who maybe don't know that much about this work yet? Like when they, they can like feel that start to happen. Like what were some things that you would do to kind of like out masculine her masculine? Yeah. Well, all right. (laughs) This might, what was coming to mind is like in a confrontation with another man, right? folding is the worst thing, right? Like to supplicate, to become beta, to to be submissive, right? That's the worst, right? So if a woman is showing her masculine side, I think it'll usually come out through anger. Uh, To fold is the worst. That just creates a reverse polarity dynamic. She's going to dry up. She's going to leave you. That's just how it's going to go. The next worst thing is to fight with her, right? Like if you got into a fist fight every time a guy challenged you, you know, and I don't mean like, you know, obviously you wouldn't fight your partner, but like to like meet that anger with anger right. is kind of the equivalent uh, of like of literally fighting a man. And that's not so great because even if you win and there's no real winning in anger versus anger in relationships, um, there's going to be resentment. Like you're not really at peace. I mean, the really, you know, quote unquote alpha thing or like super masculine thing would be to be so confident that you can remain patient, can contain them. It's kind of like, all right, th- this happened to me recently. I don't know why, but this acquaintance here in Mexico tried to pick a fight with me. And <laughs> uh, and I was surprised because I, I don't know, I, who knows what's going on in his world, but he, I don't even know him. He wants to pick a fight with me. But the best thing I can I could do 
was to be patient and be like, okay, if you really want to go there, here are some consequences, but I hope you don't make that decision. Right. So it's like, it's like showing, I'm obviously not afraid. I don't want to fight either. Like, this is kind of silly, but I will contain you or I, you know, I will, you know, I can't handle you. Right. And, and that's bringing us back to a relationship. It's like, if you're really confident in your masculinity, you don't have to get angry back. Mm-hmm. Because the anger kind of shows there's something you feel like you need to defend. Whereas uh, being stable and secure, holding boundaries, but but not getting butthurt, not getting defensive, not getting angry is the only thing to do. And I do tell this to guys, like, especially in a reverse polarity dynamic, you know, if you're, you can't control another person, if she's committed, maybe due to past trauma, past relationship pain, whatever, if she's committed to being in her mask on, if she's committed to being to throwing anger around or being extra judgmental or badgering you or making the target really small. If she's committed to that, you really can't do anything, Mm -hmm. but the best thing you can do is to give her the space to be soft, which means not giving her a reason to be defensive, containing her, you know, being as, you know, uh, available as possible without, but also having boundaries, right. There has to be a clear line where like, okay, you can express yourself, but you can't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. And the more calmly you can say that. By the way, men listening, that is so hot. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that'll incentivize her at least, at least show that part of her, her masculine side, so to speak, that it can chill out. There's a better person for the job to take care of the perimeter. It's been proven. There's someone who's more alpha than her masculine side. And then she can chill out. And that's the best you can hope for. And honestly, like when a guy comes to me and his relationship is a bad place and that kind of reverse polarity, or she seems like she's lost respect. I do tell him it's like, depending on where you're at, like it could be a 50, 50 shot, Mm -hmm. but what you can, what you can almost guarantee. And I actually, I would say I would guarantee this, even though I can't really guarantee it is that if he does everything right in his, like stepping in his masculine and patience and in strength and right boundaries and in healthy dominance, Either the woman is going to sink into her feminine because she can't help it because all the right buttons are being pushed, or if she's committed to that, she's going to leave and leave room for a more feminine woman. And that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the boundaries setting is being willing to let a partner walk away. Who's not, who's not complimenting you because what a lot of guys do, I think. And the reason why a lot of guys who aren't even inherently feminine will sink into their feminine is that they're afraid of the woman walking away. So they just, they just take the opposite role. It's like, okay, she's a tyrant. I'm going to be, I don't know, whatever is the opposite of a tyrant, (laughs) you know, a peasant. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if you could just, I I think sometimes people wonder, but like, why, why do I want this? What do you, I mean, gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure the answer to this is limitless, but if you could think of like, what do you get from your relationship when you have this, that, that makes doing this kind of work worth it? Like, mm-hmm. what would you, how, like, how would you tell people like, why, you know, because of course we can say, oh, do this and this, you want to have polarity and people are like, but why, you know? Yeah. I mean, polarity is just an abstract concept totally. to describe something. Yes. It's that you have a woman who loves you, who respects you, who is invested in your success mm-hmm who emotionally supports you, who inspires you, who wants to do fun things in the bedroom with you. She's excited too. She's not doing it for you. She's doing it because she really wants to be on you because she, you, you trigger that in her. 
And if you decide to have children, which I think is the purpose of all of this, she'll want to be a mother to your children. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. I can't believe we've been like chatting for a while now. And I feel like I would love to let people know like how they can find you. Mm -hmm. And um, I would love to hear a little bit more about your, your men's course too. Yeah. um, The masculine archetype challenge, people can check it out at rwando.com slash archetype. Um, In a few weeks, there'll be a new version of it, which which comes with a journal and we'll probably do it all together as a group. Uh, However many people sign up that month, we'll go through the 21 days together. It's a 21 day challenge. I don't know if I mentioned that. And each day there's a a small, small lesson and uh, a mission that's either something to do in the world, something to practice or, or something to journal about. And it's basically to develop these characteristics that we're talking about that will make you a happier and more confident man, but also really be the complement to a feminine woman that you want to be with. Um, so that's at rwando.com slash archetype. Um, the journal's not out yet, but it will be soon at the same link. And um, yeah, I mean, it comes with a free coaching call with me. So if you want to chat with me about whatever relationships that's available and um, yeah, and then have this retreat with Nalaya coming up is the first time we'll be teaching together. Uh, it's going to be five days in upstate New York and the Catskills. Wow, um, it's, yeah, it's for it's for couples, so people who want to go deeper with each other. Uh-huh. Um, so we're not going to be talking about concepts. We're going to be doing exercises to go deeper with each other. Uh-huh. Um, it's for anyone, for any, any stage, whether you, you just want your relationship to be better, whether you're having some problems in some area and you want to get on track. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we don't have a link for that yet, but it should be it should be available soon. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm just imagining the two of you. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yay. Well, I so appreciate you saying yes to coming on today. Totally. To see your face, to feel you. Just like all grown up now. It's been a while. Like, what? Yeah, I have a mustache now. Yeah. I didn't didn't when we met. (laughs) Great. Like it's like it looks good on you. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And We'll link all of these things in the show notes, whereas where people can find you and your course and everything you got going on. Awesome. Thanks, Meredith. All right. Well, until next time, Serving Love, I love you all. Thank you for listening to Serving Love Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. You can find me on social media as Meredith Lynn. Until next time, I wish you lots of love.